Synergy Nation Network podcast. Shows for those with passion. Visit us online at SidNation.net. I see you, James. I hear you as well, sir. (laughs) What if I really broke this and then I was like, whoops, uh, my headphone cord. I tried Hulkamaniacing it and then it's dunzoided. Sometimes you deserve that. Sometimes it looks like a floppy deedle if you put it up and then, oh, it flops (laughs) over. Or licorice. I don't know. I still think that you de- you deserve that scolding because you refuse to say I see you, which is the proper greeting, and you always do your own thing. I hear you. Yeah, because it's a, it's, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. I'm going to shut off my camera so you can't say it again. Then it'll <laughs> please, be a lie. Please. You'll be like, oh, I, I, I can't really say it because, James, are you cool if I don't say it? I'm like, it's your show, man. You do what you do. Let's define the word see. It doesn't just mean to like visually see something with yeah, your it eyes. It also means to understand the and ocean. to like. ocean. <sighs> okay, Those yeah. Those are the you two definitions. <laughs> the, what your eye gives you and also when you float on a big old salty mixture of H2O. Oh, man, our poor guest. We have a guest this week, James. Did you know that we have somebody waiting in the wings for us right now? I didn't. Oh, well, surprise. I have many surprises for you this week, James. But the first surprise is we're going to bring him in. We've been listening to his jams for quite a while now. Underneath, I like to put music under there. And this week, it's the sweet, soothing tones of Voidmaster, one of my absolute favorites. And we have Mr. Voidmaster Nate in the studio with us now. I see you, Nate. I see you, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. It's great to see your face and talk to you. Um, this is not an IRL thing. I've never met James in IRL either, but I consider both of you guys like very close friends, even though we haven't actually met in person yet. I certainly agree. We, we've been talking for a long time, it seems. Yeah, it has. And do you remember our, <laughs> I don't know if it was my joke or your joke, but I was thinking back to like our very first interaction. Do you remember? I, I really don't know. It was it was probably my instigation where I was like, hello, I'm an intro void and you are a void master. We must be that, friends. That's right. It was like <laughs> the, the band of voids. And I got a new one now. I got new friends that are intra void with an A and they're like speed metal and they rip. I mean, their music is just fantastic. And and like you, they're like playing just basically in their small town. Um, you know, not not doing a whole lot of things, but their music is just top notch and it's recorded absolutely well. Um, I wanted to ask you about recording Voidmaster, as a matter of fact. Um, oh, do you, do you, oh, yeah. Do you? Do, oh, wait. I got. I see somebody wanting to come in here. I'm sorry, James. What's up? I, outro void is what I call taking a dump. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Because I void my bowels and it goes out of me. That's very true yeah i see myself as the intro void so like i introduce people to the void like hello welcome and then i'm like let me introduce you to the void master that's nate and then introduce you to them and then you're like hello in here we hang out with intra void and then if you want to take a big dump then that's when you hang out with james and you go to outro void so that's that's the whole circle uh-huh we got it all <laughs> you have um people in your band now you're not just a one-man band anymore you got kenny and colin playing with you Um, correct 
How long has that been going on? Um, I guess we're probably about a month and a half, two months into playing with one another. Uh, I've known Kenny for a long time. Uh, he's been one of my best friends, friends. And uh, funny story about Kenny is the first time that I really hung out with Kenny was at a party that I threw at the house and my old band played a little show there, like just at my house, just to hang out. And Kenny took the bass after we were finished and until like three in the morning, just plastered, was trying to figure out how to play the Seinfeld theme song. <laughs> and my neighbor came out because, you know, elderly people doing elderly people things. And he was like, are you, are you playing Seinfeld? And Kenny just looked over at him and was like, what do you think? And just, that was it. That was it. That was, Christ, that was many, many moons ago. Well, he was playing it correctly because it was recognizable. So yeah. kudos to Kenny. I, I guess. I would have said I can put this down. I've succeeded. I have nothing left to do. I don't play Seinfeld. So you got a new drummer in the fold, too. So this is what I'm really curious about. Did he move his drum set into your space, or did you guys move over to his drum space? So it's actually really funny. Uh, not funny. Colin is a Craigslist drummer. He's our back alley drummer. Just answering, <laughs> answering an ad on Craigslist. Uh, he has an electric kit right now that he brought to my friend's garage. Uh, she's kind enough to let us use her garage because we don't have a garage. Kenny lives pretty close, but Colin's maybe 40 minutes away. Uh, but he has an electric kit right there, right now, until uh, he goes home and gets the the actual acoustic kit. So okay, he, come, I, I, he comes to us every week. I saw a video of you guys playing, and he had um, he was playing an acoustic kit, wasn't he? No, he was playing electric. Really? It sounded fucking awesome. It sounded great. Yeah, we have it running through a pretty big PA right now, so <laughs> try to keep up, keep up with the bass and the guitar. He must have it plugged into Easy Drummer 3. Ooh, easy drummer. <laughs> That's a, are, are any of you guys aware of that? Or is that just a, someone who's like, I'll never be able to have live drums, so I need to find a plugin that I can pirate to be able to use this? <laughs> that I used to use easy drummer all the time. Okay, hell yeah. Uh, the soundtrack. I know that you're like an enemy of soundtrack, James, because, you know, it, it gives me lots of problems. Therefore, it gives you problems. But it has a fantastic, like, drum um it's not a plug-in it's not an add-on it's just there like drum tracks you can choose from like you know 30 different sounds and then you can plug in an equalizer to those sounds and like fine-tune it and the, it, you've heard it uh nate i sent you a song recently and that's what i used on that song um did you notice the drum sounded you know, stupid or <laughs> what was your opinion of those drums this sounded like real drums i mean you could definitely tell that they were they had like a little mechanical edge to them, but if you polished everything up, because I know it wasn't like a real, that wasn't the recording, that was just the like rough take of everything. Mm -hmm. If you polished it up, you wouldn't be able to tell. Actually, fun, fun fact, the drums on Colt, which is like the one song that everybody seems to want us to play, uh, those are all mechanical drums. It's the same drum track for, <laughs> for 32 minutes. I'm surprised. No, no one noticed. Damn. That's the first song of the album, right? It's like Colt, Weed, Wizard, 
It's Weed Witch. It's Weed Witch Wizard Cult, and Cult's the last song. It's the thirty-minute, just nonsense. (laughs) I was thinking of a different song then, but now that you mention it, I'm thinking of that song, and it. I'm surprised. Good job. Very good job. Thank you. A a surprise people will hear from me. The drums on Indica Inch. Those are live drums. Keith Moon played them. Wow. How did you how did you score that one, dude? Did you like go back in time or is he still alive somewhere in hiding? I just uh, I went into whatever, like an MCA record studios and found whatever studio they they would play with and just found the tracked out drums and kind of lifted them. I own the master tapes to many of their recordings. That sounds a little on the shady side. We like to keep things above board. Oh, no, it was in- very sunny out. It was like 103. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, good. So they got a little warped. <laughs> Nate, you guys have played shows before. I- I'm taking this right back to you, James, but I'm bringing Nate into the fold. Um, I saw a podcast and somebody animated it, and it was a lot of fun to watch. And it was a story about you guys playing an outside show and y'all's payment was a giant bag of mushrooms is that correct that is correct did you did you eat said mushrooms or did you like uh you know what was the deal with that were they any good Uh, i i personally did not partake in that it it really was a trash bag a hefty trash bag whoa (laughs) Uh, (laughs) just brimmed and and like in that podcast the kid used to come to our practice space with my old drummer which was my house and he would just hang out and pass out sometimes and when he said he was throwing a show in the middle of nowhere in a field we were like what what's going on it was it was a real dumpster fire actually it was pallet fire he rented a u-haul and and got just he loaded this u-haul with pallets he had a pallet fire we were on the back of some dumpy trailer and there was like a light tower. That's what we used for electric. It was a mess. It was a real, it was a great time. Great. That's what matters is the great time, I suppose, <laughs> in the payment. Mm-hmm. And Nate, I, I wanted to bring that up to bring up this. There's somebody that I know, his name is James Marshland Monster. And he very recently partook in some mushrooms for the very first time, just two days ago on Thursday. So we need to find out, James, are you a different man now? I mean, I'm t- so I got to tell this story because there's I have something wrong with my stomach. I don't know what it is, but it limits what I can eat and I need to take omeprazole always. And you need to know that because it's an acid reducer, which means I digest things slowly. Uh. And I need to I need to really steer that into my head. So you need to know that to go into this story, and I should have realized that going into this story. My friend Robbie from Hit It and Critic gave me a shroom because he's like, "Hey James, I know you want to do these. Here you go." So I, I put him on a peanut butter toast as he told me to, ate it, and I gave myself like an hour. I was like, wow, uh, it just feels like I have a low-grade weed high right now. I was like, okay, I'll start watching this Studio Ghibli movie, The Cat Returns. It's a great movie. And I was like, this is going to be great to watch while high. Well, I'm not high. That's Now we're like two and a half hours in 
I'm like, fuck, man. Now I just have like this tiny little high. I was like, I'm, I, so I can have the day off. I'm going to wait three and a half hours and do some weed. Just like uh, five milligrams, not a lot. Just to, to be able to like, hey, at least I got high today. Because I do that once a week. I'm hanging out, chilling with Nicole. I think we had just eaten. And I, I'm like, start, I'm feeling good. I'm like, all right, let's, I want to watch Playing House, Jessica St. Clair and Lennon Parham show. It's very good. Love that show. And I was like, I was telling, uh, I told Robbie, I was like, yeah, I don't think it worked. And he was like, oh, maybe you need a little bit more next time. But I didn't want to like give you a bunch and it be like too intense. So I was like, yeah, that's a smart idea. Sure. So I was like, yeah, Nicole, it sucks, but hey, I, I feel like this weed high's kicking in. And I watch, do you guys use Apple TV? I do not. No. Nope. Okay, well, when you, like most things that you, when you log into the app on a Roku, it'll show like their logo. Nicole went to take care of the dishes and then I'm sitting down and I click on Apple TV and that Apple logo comes up just in a black void of nothingness. And then it like three D's and I'm like, Nicole, it worked. Oh my God, it worked. And then I, I proceed to watch playing house and it was magical because every, well, slightly magical because whatever t-shirt they were wearing, like if it was a like very like, predominant color in the entire room like you know when you're at a like a swingers house and they throw a, a, a tarp over not a tarp a cloth over a lamp to like make the lighting change a little bit like a red scarf at a swingers house yeah i go to those all the time in movies you've been to one <laughs> sure so every like that whoever shirt was on screen the entire lighting of the room would change to that color. I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. And I, I, it would start like going like really intense and I'd be like, no. And then I'd, I'd have to be like, no, James, allow this to happen. Uh, it was awesome. I, the only issue I think was I also took the weed, which meant I was constantly eating. <laughs> and I think it dehydrated me because I asked Nicole, like, hey, could you get me some tortilla chips? And Nicole, like, started pouring them out and they just, like, flooded out. And she's like, whoops. So my weed brain was like, well, I got to keep eating these. And it was real fun. I'm excited to start. Uh, I, I want to do it again maybe once every other month. Uh and hopefully, oh, and while watching Playing House, I kept wanting to, like, watch something else. But I was like, I don't want to leave my friends, Nicole. <laughs> and uh, she thought that was very funny that I was like, I was like, this is comforting. I know what I'm going to expect here, <laughs> Nicole. Did you experience like, any Jason Manzukis? Was he in any of the episodes that you saw? No, he's season one. I just okay. have season two on... Uh, Apple TV, so no Jason Manzukis, just a lot of Keegan Michael Key, Lennon Parham, Jessica St. Clair, Bird Bones, all of them. Are you familiar with this show at all, Nate? Playing House? Uh, no. Have you ever listened to uh, Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast? No. Okay, well, then you wouldn't be. Fr- uh, you d- might not be familiar with these actors then. Um, what about Minx on HBO Max, the new show? No, uh, truthfully, I don't really watch a whole lot of tv or anything like that 
Dang it. Me neither, but it seems like the things that I do watch, it seems like James has, <laughs> has seen them all. <laughs> so it works out in my favor. <laughs> I almost watched The Time Machine from like 2002, but I'm kind of glad I didn't because that might have been a little too intense. Time Machine. I'm going to take a pause real quick for time, and I want to come back and talk about some time TV shows. Okay, guys? All right. All right, here we go. Guys, we are back. And speaking of the time machine, you were talking about wanting to see uh, the time machine. Uh, we are going to watch Time Bandits pretty soon, James. Are you okay <gasps> with that still? Me and you watching Time Bandits with uh, Titanosaur? <gasps> I take it that's a yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any other choice. Like, this is a podcast. Like, you, you're telling me what oh. to do. Oh, well, in that case... I am I'm not reading you, the fucking books. I'm not reading the books. That is one thing. If oh, you I'm say, gonna, "Hey, no, 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 this is not okay." A, good. This is not a book podcast. This is a podcast about the TV show, The Wheel of Time, and it's related other TV shows. Which Zoe Robbins was also in a TV show called Super Ninja Steel, and I was Power Rangers Ninja Steel and Super Ninja Steel. Get it correct, even though it is very, very confusing to the outside people. It, even yeah, it is confusing. <laughs> I wrote down multiple titles, but yeah, I was. We were gonna watch a couple of those episodes, but after um, watching the premiere episode, I think I'd like to watch the whole thing because I saw that um, our pal Caleb Bendit and our best friend Zoe Robbins is in every single episode of it. Okay, one of those people I know tangentially because they were on my podcast and I'm friendly with them. The other person, I guess it would be like a three degrees of marshland monster. Mm -hmm. You could technically get to Zoe Robbins, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that individual. I have never spoken with her. And I don't want you to start saying that because then Caleb, what if someone clips that and they're like, wow, this is really weird. This dude's doing that. And then he's like, oh, I removed the three-year anniversary episode that we did, and I graciously gave you three hours of my time. Not my choice. That was all on him. Well, that's why I was excited about this show, because of Caleb Bendit, because he was on your show, and I loved that episode. I'm surprised that he doesn't podcast more. He's a natural at it. But, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. You said so many things there that my brain went a thousand different directions, so I'm just just going to move sideways. I don't think we need to do the, I think you watching the first episode, that's great for you. We should not discuss the first episode. I will find a couple Zoe Robbins specific focused episodes because a lot of episodes of Power Rangers, they will focus on one or two of the Rangers. Like it's that, that's their episode. Like in Mighty Morphin, Billy's episode was when he got a B on a test. He's like, oh my God. And then the pig was there, I think. So there's one there's a couple that I'm that are in my head for her that are specific that I think we should discuss but we should not do the entire series. You I think would be like, "Oh, this is bad, James. Why do you enjoy this so much?" <laughs> well, I've already watched episode 1 and I've already wrangled um Annie Jean Lynn into watching episode 1 with her kid as well. <laughs> So, Hell yeah. so we're kind of a lock for that one. I'm sorry to say, but then after that, okay. I'll, I'll take your direction. <laughs> um, yeah, Nate, are you a Power Rangers fan at all? Were you a Power Rangers guy growing up? Uh, I knew Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, and honestly, it was one of those things that was always 
on the Saturday morning TV cycle. I mm -hmm. can't really remember exactly because there's there's so many different variations of it. Yeah, I don't really remember any other specific one besides Mighty Morphin. Wait. So what were what were your cartoons then when you were you know little kid watching those cartoons? Oh man, Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> um, hey. Ren and Stimpy. Uh, South Park, which wasn't yeah. which wasn't a Saturday morning cartoon, but that was that was always <laughs> a that was always a mom and dad went to bed. So now I'm gonna watch some TV. Jeez, Angry Beavers, Cat Dog, Ed, Ed and Eddie is probably one of my favorite shows. Now of we're all talking. Time. Yeah, we love Ed, been, Ed and Eddie. I've been watching it in the mornings this summer because it's a summertime show. And then at nighttime, I'm watching the last season, which takes place in the fall because they're in school. Yeah. yeah. Ren, is, Ren and Stimpy, it's a damn shame how much I loved that show. Me and my, my buddy Sam were just all about it, just ate up just hours of our time. And then, like, finding out what a fucking creep that dude, John Kay, turned out to be, it, like, kind of kind of ruins the whole Ren and Stimpy experience for me now. Like... <laughs> I'll, I hate to say I'll, it. I'll, I'll say this about that whole situation. I He only worked on a handful of episodes, yeah. and then he was fired from it. So at least you can, I think, enjoy all of it because a lot of people worked on it. And even though he created it, he wasn't involved in a lot afterwards. It's the same as, like, The Loud House or Clarence. Though The creators of those shows eventually were... Uh, found out to be assholes and terrible people so they were no, like after uh, Loud House is different Loud House was a few seasons that dude was still on there but with Clarence I think the first season and then he was out uh, yeah I, you gotta remember that it's it's just one person for, especially for TV yeah. shows and after a lot of seasons if they're not involved in it it's it's fair game i think it's true i mean bob camp did most of the stuff for season two and after but season one was that was the season that me and sam like watched over and over and over again which yeah. was the john k season which was like the um the the outer space episode and um you know those those classic first episodes south park is funny nate is that was very popular among us um, bartenders at Applebee's. That's how old I was when that show was coming out. Is I was, um, I think I was about 23 or 24. So I guess we're showing our age difference talking about South Park with you being a young chap. That surprises me though. I thought you were more my age. Me? Yeah. No, I'm 26. Hey. Whoa. I'm 26. You're my boy's age. You could be my boy. <laughs> That's old. You're Caleb younger is. than me. I'm younger than you. Yeah, I'm 30. Oh, that's not much of an age difference. Because uh, my experience, my, like my first like big experience with South Park was my friend Austin Lawton. Our, the summer between fifth and sixth grade, he, I don't know how he obtained it, but he owned it. It wasn't like it's his dad's or his brother's. He owned the VHS box set of season one. So we would just hang out in his bedroom, watch that, then go to Michigan's Adventure, two parks for the price of one, <laughs> and have a ball that summer. That was a great summer. My, Every summer's a great... Oh, you go ahead. Oh. Uh, my first experience with South Park, first off, to your point, every summer is terrible, Steve. <laughs> it's so hot. Um, 
But my first experience with South Park was my mom dropping me off at her brother's, my uncle. And he was the cool uncle and he was like, you ever, do you know what South Park is? And I'm like eight years old and I'm like, I don't even know your name, man. Like, what's up? <laughs> and he's like, are you like video games? And I'm like, yeah, Mario is cool, I guess. But like, <laughs> he had the South Park, like go-kart game or whatever for some system. And I was like, wow, these kids are cursing so much. And he was like, yeah, it's a TV show. He sat me down we watched like maybe two episodes of it along with playing the game and I was like this is this is the shit this is awesome <laughs> and that was it he gave you the kids the keys to the big kid kingdom I guess <laughs> yeah I I said earlier I don't watch a lot of TV but I'm I love cartoons so much as this guy over here James he's a he's a cartoon mm-hmm. fanatic as well they're real good see my cool uncle showed me Beavis and Butthead Okay. That was rad as hell. Yeah. I started watching Do a Ma- Do the Universe okay. on Paramount Plus while I was stoned, and I was like, "No, this is Nicole's going to be sitting down with me. I'll watch something that we can both watch." And then well, I th- I think it would have been terrible if the mushrooms had kicked in. <laughs> that would have been I a w- treat. I wasn't aware the movie was even out yet. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, and yeah, ag- again, Beavis and Butthead was another cartoon that that Sam and I watched as old teenagers and adults as well. I'm trying to think like what, I guess it was Saturday night live when I was like eight, nine years old, you know, watching Scooby-Doo and watching that kind of stuff. And then um, my big sister clued me into Saturday, Saturday night live. And that's what we would stay up to watch. And I guess that was like our naughty entertainment, which really stuck with me because I, I mean, I love sketch comedy. I still Love Saturday Night Live. I'll, I'll defend any season of SNL with very few exceptions. There are exceptions, but I mean, I defend most seasons, especially the newer ones. That was my thing, I guess, which wasn't, there wasn't naughty cartoons or that wasn't a concept, except for Heavy Metal, I guess, is the closest we had, is that movie Heavy Metal, which was a cartoon and maybe Fantastic Planet. Other than that, it was all kid stuff. Something you and I have in common, though, Nate, is guitars and pedals. I see a lot of guitars floating around your Instagram. How many guitars do you own? Well, I'm pretty much staring at them right now. So one, yes. two, three, four, five. Oh, I'm sorry. I got six guitars and I have one bass. I think that's it. Do you have a favorite? Yes. Uh, well, actually, it's a toss up. I have a Dunnable. I have a Dunnable R2. And then I have a Garzinia. I don't remember what the model is, but it's an R2 shape. The Garzinia is really nice because I got Wittershins or wider shins however you say pickups in it it's very smooth the only problem is that the guitar weighs like 12 pounds it is a shoulder killer the dunnable might eke it out just a little bit but it's those are those are my favorite but uh i knew that you and i had talked about the sgs before you you play sg right you have a gibson and an epiphone yeah, exclusively. I just have the two guitars right now, and they're one of them's tuned to D standard, one of them's tuned to E standard. Uh, do you have all your guitars tuned to different tunings, or are they all the same? Everything is pretty much tuned to B standard, except for well, except for the SG. That's C standard, and so is the one. Well, so is the Dean that I have. That's in C standard. That's one of the reasons I want to get more guitars. I have the two, and I'm fine with two, but I'd like to have different tunings. I'd like, 
There's a tuning that Soundgarden and uh, Queens of the Stone Age use. It's the same tuning that I used for Wind Lord Wind. It's it's not not a drop tuning and it's not a standard tuning, but it's somewhere in between where your your four high strings are in E standard, your low string is in C, and then your second string is in G, and everything else is in E standard. But you can play weird chords that you can't normally play if you have it tuned that way, like Queens of the Stone Age do. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I backed away from that tuning, though. I'm playing music with some other guys right now, and all their stuff is either like in standard or it's in like a drop D. So I just tune my guitar. It's just a standard to make it easier for myself <laughs> to not be too confused. I get that. Yep, but I love the SGs. It's a newer thing for me. So the one that Dunnable, is that the one that kind of looks like a uh, an explorer or like a phantom man? Is that right? Yeah, so that's my three my three favorite guitars are all that shape. I have, the Dunnable and the Garzinia are the same shape. And then I have one that I used on not Hendrick Meditations of Doom, but uh, the last the last little piece that I put out that's this really dumpy uh, RD shape that someone made and it's got like the Black Sabbath angel in it or demon or whatever I don't know it's it's also a very heavy guitar but those are my three those are my three favorite and they're all the same shape and it's an I I can't play that shape I'd love to it looks great <laughs> but it just doesn't work for like my hands or my body or whatever the SG is like perfect because it's flat it's real light um, I like that a lot. People talk about the nose dive. It's never ever happened to me ever. So, so I don't even know what they're talking about with the nose dive on the SG. It just doesn't happen. Um, and before that, I always played like Stratocaster styles. But once I found SGs, it's like my preferred thing. And if I get another guitar, it's going to be another SG, probably another brand. Um, I like to, I like to buy cheap stuff, man. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a cheapo. The bass no, that I have is a Stingray, and it's talk about heavy instruments i mean that thing is too heavy on me and the strap is reinforced for a reason and it's it's ridiculously heavy and it's just a, you know it's a knockoff it's, it's a knockoff bass and that's why but they use like the heaviest wood possible which i thank them because it sounds very good for as cheap as it is you gotta look into the firefly guitars they make really really good budget budget guitars and their sgs are really nice that was Probably what I was gonna wind up getting, but I got such a good deal on this Epiphone that I was like, I just like the color more. So I, I like the Epiphone better than my Gibson all around, and it's for no reason other than that it stays in tune better, and it just the fretboard just seems to glide with my hands better. Um, other than that, the Gibson sounds better, <laughs> and it looks better. But the Epiphone is my preferred guitar, so that's what I play almost all the time. I don't know. How about pedals? Like, do you have a shitload of pedals, or do you stick to one particular sound? So, I like I like to spend the money on my guitars, but I'm a cheapo when it comes to pedals. Um, my whole pedal board is five pedals, and it might be a total of a hundred bucks. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but it uh. It does the job, and it sounds pretty good. And if one of them breaks, they're easy enough to replace. It's not going to break my bank to replace them, so 
I usually just run with that. I do have, I got that one pedal from uh, the guy out in Washington. He custom built for me because I, yeah, because of the that. bet, the bet. That was pretty neat. I, you got it? Yeah. That yeah. Is, I was wondering how you got a custom pedal made and I, yeah, what's the story behind that? Y'all did a trade off or what? Yeah, so he talks to me pretty frequently, super nice guy, and uh, he's a huge baseball fan, and I keep up with the Phillies and stuff like that pretty close, and it just so happened that the Mariners, his team, and the Phillies were playing a three-game series, and we were talking about this one pedal, and he was saying how he was building a clone of it, and he was like, if you're a betting man, I'll make you a bet. I was like, I can bet. I was like, what's up? And he goes, if the Phillies win the series, they take two of the three games, I'll build you the pedal with custom artwork. But if the Mariners beat the Phillies, you just pay for the parts and shipping, and I'll just ship you out the pedal. And I was like, well, that sounds like a good deal. I was like, sure, why not? And uh, the Phillies wound up taking, taking the series two of the three games, so. Go no, no sports! Yay sports team! Yay yeah. sports! <laughs> That's uh, very cool. I would love to have something like that myself. I'm happy with my crappy pedals as well. I'm just like you. That's what I prefer. And I have the EQ pedal, which is like the be-all, end-all. That makes everything sound good. That's my uh, <laughs> that's my cheat code, I think, is my EQ pedal. Um, James... I, I started thinking, I feel like we kind of glossed over your whole experience a little bit. So I want to go back to um, the Thursday. Uh, well, you, hold on. I, okay. I can't get in on guitars unless you're talking about the FL Slayer. Don't use that, guys. It's bad. It's Fruity Loops in quotes guitar. It's, it's really bad. But uh, what I know, you guys have heard of a mic stand, correct? Yes. What about mic stands? Drop the D. It's another edition. I do this on Mostly Speaking Sentai when I have musicians on. Of Mike Stands. Yay. <laughs> Mr. Voidmaster, what microphones do you stand? Oh. Do I stand? Uh, like me, I'm, a, I'm an AKG guy. I started with the Perception, and now I use that C214. I enjoy it. It's a very good sound for not a lot on the bank. I am not by any means a microphone uh, aficionado, or I'll even say well-versed in any of that stuff. I record my my guitar with just the regular old SM57, because it seems like Hell yeah. it's cheap, and it gets the job done. Uh, I do have, it's called the NT1A, mm. and uh, I use that for vocals. And that that seems to do the job. I do have this ML or what is it MXL or something? It's this real dumpy. It was what it was the first microphone I ever bought when I was like, I'm gonna record my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like total garbage, but it has this weird thing where it picks up crazy amounts of bass in everything. So when I record bass, I just that's the microphone I use. It's supposed to be a vo- <laughs> it's supposed to be a vocal mic, but mm-hmm. it picks up just obnoxious amounts of low end of everything. I believe that the uh, MXL is 
the microphone that when a bunch of rappers in Muskegon in like two th- the early 2000 teens when they started like oh James we're, we're gonna just buy our own microphones this and that then of course like like clockwork a few days after they get it they message me saying the microphone's not like picking up any sound i'm like well you got phantom power and they're like what's that i'm like well that's your issue guys uh i i believe it was always the mxl because it's it's a little inexpensive and but would come with like it looks cool and would come with a cool looking shock mount so they're like that's what they have in studios it probably it probably is what they were using. I do remember when I first started, I couldn't figure out I couldn't figure out anything. I was like, "What in the hell is Phantom Power?" <laughs> <laughs> and then I had this really really dumpy uh, Behringer mixer, just this like one track, or I'm sorry, it was a two track. Just this thing was awful. And then finally, one of my friends came over and was like, "You see this button on the back that says Phantom Power? Maybe you should turn that on." I was like, "Yeah, oh, oh." Uh, <laughs> All right, and then everything worked, I guess. I'm I'm recording both of you with Behringer. Uh, so you guys go from my computer into a Behringer mixin, mixer to use as a uh, uh, a preamp into the Behringer interface that I use to record everything. Uh, I if it if the computer was able to like boost your guys' sound enough, I would just go right into the interface with that but i behringer i think makes great interfaces like people are like oh you gotta get that foresight shit i'm like for the price of one channel like one like a mono mix you could get four channels from this behringer euphoria 404 hd the umc series you guys gotta check it out it's a quality product um Guess what? That's what I use. Whoa! Yes. <laughs> that that is I've I've blown through two of them. Well, I'm on my second one, I should say. But yeah, I the Behringer stuff is is really the best bang for your buck, and it does an absolute top notch job for what it is. I mean, even mm-hmm. you know for Steve, um, I use Behringer. I have like three Behringer pedals on my board because they're 25 bucks a pop and it's yeah who who cares i mean the 404 runs like i think 150 the the interface it's like 150 bucks and it's like that's that's nothing but it's absolutely nothing compared to if you're going to get like the focus right or anything like that and they have such terrible problems and so on and so forth so and pre-pandemic you could get the 404 for under a hundred and then pandemic happened and everyone was like well we need to record from home or be on like zoom calls we got to get these so then it's like oh just buy it new opposed to use because they're going to be the same price yeah yeah for me our best microphone here is the sure i guess it's the sure 57 sure 58 I think it's yep. a pretty sta- across the board standard microphone, mm. but that's Heather's microphone. That's I'm looking at it over there. That's the one that she uses. The ones that I use here are my uh, these are my Amazon knockoffs. These are called Mayano, and they're very cheap. And they come with a windscreen, and a little microphone stand like this. They're extremely cheap, but the sound quality I think is pretty great. I haven't had any mm. issues with them, and so I record my guitar and bass with these i mean the her microphone we only record vocals through uh no i take that back 
Wind Lord Wind was this microphone. We use this microphone for that. So even though it's a cheap knockoff, it comes with all these goodies with it and it plugs into your computer and it sounds just as good as a shore. So I'm, I mean, I know we're not supposed to, you know, be like promoting like cheap knockoffs from overseas. We're supposed to be buying American and spending more money in America. But this thing really is worth its money. I don't know. I, we were just, I shouted out AKG and then we talked about Behringer, which I believe Behringer is able to be inexpensive because the dude who owns it like own some factories or something in possibly Germany. So we haven't been talking about any American-made products, at least in mic stands. No. Uh, yeah, you're yeah, right. You're so right. <laughs> get, you got to get your bang for the buck. And guys, for real, Behringer, I've been... Every single vocal I have ever recorded for a song has gone into a Behringer product to go into the computer. Right on. So let me hear. let me hear about both of your projects i mean steve i know you talked a little bit about it earlier but you know whoever wants this you, you know what steve we'll, we'll cycle back to you james okay, let me yeah. hear, james james let me hear about your projects let me hear about your stuff currently i'm working with dragon boy suede aka howard kramer he's a stand-up comedian of note you can check him out on comedy central presents i think season 11 episode 9 possibly i could be very wrong on that but he's a stand-up wrote on beavis and butthead the aforementioned and a very funny guy who charted grift horse great podcasts uh he hadn't like put out any music in a while because of pandemic and trying to like go over to his normal producer's uh, uh, place. So I was like, Hey man, let's, uh, I have this way to like make money off from music. I don't want to say it on a uh, free feed podcast, but I I was like, like you should just like try to do that for your own music. And then he's like, "Uh, this seems complicated. I was like, uh, okay. And he's like, just send me, do you want to know what? Send me some beats and like, uh, I'll do some songs or I'll send you some stuff. And I was like, okay, kept sending him stuff. And he has a very specific sound he wants. He calls it a donkey style, which is like a, he, huh, he pretty much, uh, melodies that you could play with one or two fingers on a keyboard. So, uh, that's what I'm working on. They're more comedic than my normal stuff. And then, uh, need two more songs for a secret project the, of remixes for something I can't talk about on a free feed. And then the like main CD that has been cooking in the back of my head, it's just really sad, so I kind of don't want to write it. Uh, it's called With Hopes to Overdose, Marshland Monster. It's, a, it's about survivor's guilt. Oh, yeah. From friends dying of drugs and alcohol. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, then one of my one of my other questions for you is that I heard, I guess this was a little earlier. You mentioned something about if it's not hardcore rap, or you had said something else. But the hardcore rap kind of caught my attention a little bit because I love I love my riffs and I love Doom and I love all that other kind of stuff. But I do have a very soft spot for rap, so I'm going to assume you do as well. Oh, yeah, that's... I think it's the greatest music to ever be produced because (laughs) it it is very easy to make, and, like, it does... It's like when punk rock came... Like, punk rock and rap music, I think, are extremely similar, where 
you it like rock and roll they're like oh you, you don't need to be able to sing very well but then like with punk rock it's like you don't need to be able to sing well or play well as long as you have like an aggression to it and you have something to say that's going to carry you and make the music enjoyable to listen to and rap music i think's the same way like you can as long as you have something to say and you say it with a, a pleasant to the ear gusto you got it it's good so i rap music has been my love and passion for more than half of my life i've been rapping for more than half of my life and since 12 when i heard uh gorillas uh, del the funky homo sapien on clint eastwood i was like what is this and how do i find more of it very cool yeah i was i was into those same i'm fortunate enough to be a bit older i'm about howard kramer's age so i was a little kid not a little kid i was maybe like seven or eight when i'm first hearing you know stuff like egypt egypt and rapper's delight and um all this early rap stuff and i i loved it and as i grew into like punk rock just like you were saying james i met my early friends jada shazo that's another thing we have in common you were talking about you know losing you know friends and this is a good friend of mine that i lost who introduced me to punk rock and hip hop almost at the same time, like, like current mm-hmm. hip hop. Like we were listening to, um, you know, public enemy as it was, as they were being introduced to our, you know, field of vision and like LL Cool J and all this stuff. And we really like identified with it, um, as you know, suburban, like white kids, <laughs> we, we thought it was just wonderful that we identified with these guys. And I don't know. I love that music. Um, so you do too, then Nate. What are your What are some of your rap favorites? Um, I feel like I'm gonna get a little bit of smack for it, but uh, my favorite has got to be Run the Jewels. Oh no, that they're great. How would you get smack for that? Oh my god, I, they, it they seems. Rule. I, I'm. I've told a couple people that, and they go, "Well, it's just that's NPR rap. It's all that other kind of stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah, but, but like the second the second <laughs> album." The second album is probably one of the hardest things you'll ever hear. And it's got Zach. I mean, they have Zach Dale Roach on a couple tracks, but like, yeah, he's he just makes like, uh, I don't know. That whole album just really blew my mind. When I was a little kid, my friends were all super into hip hop and rap and stuff like that. So I grew up on like the massacre by 50 cent, all the super early Eminem stuff, uh, like, uh, like young Jeezy and st- well I guess he's just Jeezy now like all that kind of stuff that's mm-hmm. that's what all my friends were listening to and they're all you know four to six years older than me when I was growing up so uh, I was just the little kid that was like yeah I, I love this stuff and it just kind of stuck around mm-hmm. I'm unfortunate I, to, I'm sorry James oh I, I I was just gonna say I saw Run the Jewels like this is how I was like I should probably listen to them because I'm about to go see them in concert. Not because I was going to see them in concert, but because they opened for Lord, and they were very, <laughs> very. They were like, "Hey, we like they they did their first song, and then the immediately after that ended. They were like, "Hey, um, to the 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 young girls out in the crowd." We understand. We don't know why we're here either, but we're having, we're going to make sure you have a good time. And to the parents in the crowd, 
we apologize if you have to explain anything to your children after this concert. Like, they, they were very forward about it, and it was weird. <laughs> to, that like It was like uh, Beastie Boys opening for Madonna, but, like, not vapid. Like, Madonna and Beastie Boys at the time, they were kind of vapid. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, one was playing a character and one was a pop idol. Uh, yeah, it was it was bizarre. Yeah, Caleb went and saw Run the Jewels, which surprised me. They came through a couple years ago, and after the fact, he told me he saw them. And I was so proud of my boy for going to see Run the Jewels. It was they're, great. They're <laughs> Caleb's very, my son. Oh. They're a very self-aware group, and I think Killer Mike has to be one of the most upstanding human beings ever. I mean, if you mm -hmm. ever saw a show on Netflix, uh, Trig oh, yeah. Trigger Warning, that's... It's kind of eye-opening. I know that some of it might be dramatized, but uh, the the principles are still there, very much so. And that's it's just an awesome show. I think he's yeah, such a great very guy. Good. That surprises I me also, that you get shit for liking them because I, I I wasn't aware that they were considered NPR rap. I guess I can kind of see that because of you know how like woke they are, I guess. But I mean, I would I would that surprised me that you said that. <laughs> I also really, th this should be our, like, we should technically move on because we're running a little long, yeah. but I love that they do, like, five fours time signatures, which is just unheard of in rap music. It's generally just four four, and they do it well. Like, they're able to keep the flows different. Like, when you hear a lot of people do, like, three fours on rap, it's just, like, constantly, like, it's like okay guys but what what can you do different okay well here's the next stanza okay all right well you're just doing the same thing over and over again all right uh they don't and i enjoy that and two thumbs up to both of them i feel like i i feel like i have to say something else on the subject before we move on though because you were talking about seeing run the jewels live you were talking about how they you know they address the situation there's been, I've been to a couple shows like that too. Most metal and doom shows I go to, the the guys come on stage and they do their thing. And sometimes there's interaction with the crowd, but usually it's just they're doing their thing. Voivod is the biggest exception I can think of. Um, Voivod definitely interacts with the crowd and definitely feeds off the crowd's energy. Their guitarist will like hand his live guitar plugged in to the audience and the audience will like like crowd surf his guitar while it's plugged in. He trusts the audience to do that. It's a thing he does. Juice World, when he was alive, I saw him. And he was playing at a pretty big stadium to a very small crowd. So when Juice World and his crew took the stage, they looked out to a crowd that was very sparse and like a couple people here, a couple people there, a couple people there. And he did his first song and it was okay. And then for the second song, he was like, we're all here together, so why are we so spread out? Let's just take a couple mm -hmm. minutes here, and everybody just, you know, come onto the stage. Let's do it real slow. And they played, like, some background music. They walked everybody up to, up to the front, so everybody was right there. And from that point on, it was like a club show. And everybody was, like, losing their minds because they were, like, right there, and he was right there in the crowd, too. It was the smartest thing he could have done. He could have just, you know, yeah. gone through the show and gone through the motions at this Richmond, Virginia show. But... It was great. I love the way he did that. The end. Let's move on to some Wheel of Time talk. 
I'm going to take a pause and we're going to come right back. Okay, guys? All right. All right. Yes, we are back with Void Master and Marshland Monster. Hello, boys. Howdy. Now, what is howdy? I want to say again howdy. that we've been listening to uh, Void Master this whole time. Uh, some of the stuff I think might be early uh, yawn. Is that correct, or is this all strictly Void Master? Um, I'm talking about the most recent um, thing oh, you yeah. put out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can pretty much assume that on the nine tracks that are on the album, the first four are early on. Everything else is Void Master. But it's all Void Master. Right on. I love it all. That's why I picked up every song. I hope I can go through all of them in this episode here. Um, but yeah, this episode, we're supposed to be talking about Wheel of Time. And of course, we're on hiatus because we have finished recapping all of season one. And we are anxiously awaiting for season two. And in the meantime, we're talking to folks like yourself, Nate, about their experience with the Wheel of Time. Before that, though, are you a book reader at all? Do you read books? I read a lot of books. Oh, great. Books. Check them out. Books. Check them out. Pick up a book. You got a fantasy? Imagination can take you to where you want to be. Are you curious? How can you find out? Books. Check them out. Books. Check them out. Read about stars and cars, play electric guitars, or cops that work hard, patrolling the boulevard, the heavyweight champ, and as crazy as Bow. Books. Check them out. Books. Check them out. At your library. Uh, I read a lot of philosophy and uh, religious texts. Off the top of your head, do you have like a, a recommendation for anybody out there that might want to get into that? Uh, yeah. Um, so it's a little downtrodden, but uh, Emile Charon has a book called The Trouble with Being Born. And okay. it is, it's a fairly long book. It's about 300, it's 300 pages, but it's not uh, like a traditional book of philosophy or something like that, where it's paragraphs and chapters and things like that. It's little excerpts that can be a whole paragraph or they can be one sentence. So you can take take it in chunks and each little thing is different. There's no, there is a theme to the whole book, but it's just, uh, it deals a lot with the society that is around you and that, you know, we're all a part of and uh, the struggles with trying to cope with things that you don't agree with and things that you're born into that you don't think that you should be born into and how to escape them or how to deal with them and things like that. Okay, I want to read it. Sounds good. <laughs> is this current or when was this written? Uh, Charon is from... Uh, I want to say Charon is from the 30s, like 1930s. He's a Romanian. He's a Romanian gentleman. He's obviously deceased now, but pretty good. What you just, what you just told me, I'm sold. <laughs> uh, do you do like any uh, fiction or fantasy at all? Uh, for a long time, I used to read uh, Warhammer, Warhammer books. Sure. Uh, I am a huge World of Warcraft nerd. Okay. I have to say, so uh, I've tried, I've tried to do that, but uh, yeah, that's that's my fantasy experience with reading. Okay. I mean, of course, here we're here because of the Wheel of Time, um, which I got into just from being into Lord of the Rings and then later Game of Thrones. 
Uh, in other series too, but those are the ones that I seem to always go back to. So uh, you unfortunately, you weren't able to, to watch any Wheel of Time. You were telling us about you had a, a, a power outage last night. We had a power outage the day before here as well in Virginia. Um, but it sounds like you got clued into it secondhand. Is that right? A very, very quick briefing, yes. It sounded to me like, um, I remember when Caleb and Charlotte were much younger. I mean, they're older now, but when they were much younger and they would go off and see a movie and they would come back and they would tell me the entire plot of the movie and like all the beats of the movie. And it would be very interesting to listen to. (laughs) Let me tell you, was that this case with, with your roommate too? They were just kind of rambling about things you didn't know about, or were you pertaining to your information? I didn't retain a single thing because it <laughs> sounds like it is a very complex uh, storyline. And it's not necessarily something my my brain is 100% geared towards. Okay. Uh, just hearing it in the the brief situation that I did. So I'm, I'm here to listen to you guys about this and have you guys sell me on it so that when we're done here, I can go and watch it. What better person than James in that case? Because, of course, I'm going to have a skewed opinion. Um, James just recently got into Wheel of Time about 21 weeks ago because this is episode 22 now. Whoa. So, yeah, yeah, James, um, I, I want to hear you uh, give Nate a synopsis or your thoughts about it. I was just going to say, do, if you like The Witcher or uh, shows of that nature, you're going to love Wheel of Time. It's a story about five friends who grew up in the mountains far away from the big city. Oh, you won't see a single car here because it's not that kind of stuff. Unlike what I thought it was, which is a sci-fi. I think it's because of the time machine. I might have also been thinking it was a time machine mixed with that Oprah. Uh, What was that one? Yeah, um, the, oh God. Listen to episode one or whatever when we yeah. talked about that. If you like fantasy, if you like seeing storylines start to intertwine, I guess Pulp Fiction style. I've never seen Pulp Fiction, but I hear that's what happens. Or I guess I should say what if you like stuff that intertwines storylines like, you know, Valentine's Day or New Year's Eve, you're going to love The Wheel of Time. So... My my first question is going to be, can you liken it to Game of Thrones when it comes to the intertwining of stories? No idea. I've never seen Game of Thrones and probably never will. <laughs> I watched the first season of Game of Thrones and it was far too boring for me to to really get into it. I I know that it's supposed to be an amazing show, but it's like the first Lord of the Rings movie. It's It's very... Uh, it's very dense with lore mm-hmm. and trying to set things up. This is not. I guess that's. Th- this is the only time I've been like, well, wait, why is all like, what lore are you talking about, Steve? And Steve's like, well, no, this is from the books, not like you haven't been told this in the the show yet. I was like, then why are you telling me this, man? I don't need to know this to enjoy the show. I already enjoy the show. You don't need to sell it on me by, like, explaining plot holes. They're not plot holes to me. They're to you because you've read the book and one detail was left out. 
Well, I try not to harp on that too much. I try not to, because there are podcasts that that, mm-hmm. that is what their angle is. This is the book versus the show, or their podcast might be the show sucks and this is why. Or the podcast might be we only focus on the book because you know we don't consider the show a thing. Whereas I'm like, only book readers will get into this story unless there is a show. And if there's a show, that's how you draw people in, like James. And... So he was right in his description of it, and I can safely say it's similar to Game of Thrones. The most thing you can say it's parallel is they were being written at the same time, and both authors of the books were friends with each other, so it's kind of like contemporaries like Voidmaster and, and Intro Void. And it's like we're doing kind of the same thing at the same time, and like we might talk to each other about like, oh yeah, I'm going to do a song about this. Same thing with these two guys. They like they both have very similar themes, similar named characters, similar world building, but when it comes to story itself and themes, that's where they branch off. If you didn't enjoy Game of Thrones... You might enjoy Wheel of Time more, or you might see it as the same thing. The thing I like about I like about Wheel of Time is that Game of Thrones didn't lack, but just Wheel of Time does it better. Is they bring a lot of philosophy and uh, deep thought and introspection into their characters. And like, no matter what character you're reading about, even if it's a character you absolutely hate or a character you're not even sure who it is. They'll usually say something that is relatable or profound or absurd. It's just like you were saying with your philosophy book. If you just pick up the Wheel of Time and just flip through a couple pages, you might not know what's happening, but there'll be some sort of sentence or wrap-up or some thought pattern that is just um, all too profound. (laughs) That's all I can say is profound. And I'll piggyback on that. And I think this is the best thing for anyone listening who hasn't watched the show. It's fun. You're going to get action. You're going to get adventure. And it's not just like people walking like they go. It's not like, (laughs) oh, we're walking through this forest. We're walking through this forest. When they walk through a forest, they will see a camp. When they go somewhere, they will see a village. Like it's not just an entire episode of travel like the first Lord of the Rings and all the Lord of the Rings where it's like, wow, man, they are walking a lot here. Something else I wanted to do here, Nate, is not spoil James. And this is a a big segue here. I was very careful in the first few episodes of this podcast to to not spoil James and just to go with the flow and not explain too much too in-depth. Um, and it seems like as we've been going, I've been getting kind of looser and looser. And here, as season one has ended and season two is finished being filmed, but it's currently being edited right now and almost being released. So there's things going online. Scenes are being um, revealed. Characters are being revealed. And I revealed some of that stuff to James last week. And I went so far as to read a scene from season two to James. He just read script. Yeah, that's definitely a a fallacy. Is that correct, Nate? Correct. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I agree. I was just so excited, and I was in the thought of mind like, well, it's something that the studio released, So, but then I later found out, well, it was something that was leaked. 
So that's what I want to know is like, what would be acceptable for me to tell James? Something that's like announced or just nothing at all? Uh, I think something something announced is probably acceptable. I mean, he can look it up on his own if he'd want to. So, right? Well, he always says he, he always says he's not going to do that. He's not going to research anything just not to stay fresh. Uh, but also, uh, every, everyone says I'm not going to research things. <laughs> we all spoil <laughs> our surprises. I know I'm, I'm bad at that. Uh, so this is, I think, this is the difference. Like when when things are announced, like hey, this actor will be playing that. That's an announcement, or hey, in, like, this will be focusing on, like, like with Gotham. If I were watching Gotham, I was watching Gotham as it was being released on Netflix, at least. If they're like, hey, season five, we're going to be focusing on kind of the no man's land. Hey, we're bringing it back to no man's land. The no man's land arc <laughs> of, of the Batman comics. Uh, like, that I don't think is a spoiler because I, I know that they can like go in different directions but if you were to like start reading an entire like scene between uh, the two married couples in real life but they're not in there and they're starting to talk about Colton Grundy I'd be like wait well no like now I know Colton Grundy's there and why is Colton Grundy friends with the the woman wait what's going on like I have to then start piecing together well what else could have been happening in there instead of just like this is the general storyline that we're going with this season hope you love it when you find it on TV well, if that's the case, then, that I'm totally safe to say the next few things I'm going to say. Then. All right. Um, because they've they've it's, it's like headline news, like, you know, um, so and so is playing Elaine Trakand in Wheel of Time. And that has been announced. So we're definitely going to have certain characters. One of those characters is Avienda, who I read that scene for you. And um so I wanted to talk a little bit about her and nothing I wanted. I didn't want to spoil anything. So anything I'm saying right now is directly related to what was in that announcement right. about Ayula Smart, who's going to be portraying Avienda. She's going to be an Aiel. Um, and that was revealed straight up because Avienda is an Aiel, which is one of these, Jane, uh, not James, Nate, for you, these Aiel characters in Wheel of Time are like... Um, ninjas i guess they're equivalent to ninjas they're like super fighters and they live in the desert and there's another culture in australia that they compare them to that's better but in my mind they're like ninjas they're like super warriors so this character avienda gets mixed in and she's you know this was also revealed she joins the main cast as well as elaine this other new character we're going to see they join the main cast which means that we're going to be seeing them like in every episode going forward. So it's going to be interesting seeing like a ninja style person interacting with our cast and like the culture uh, shock that they must both have. Um, so I just wanted to, to bring to, I don't know. I'm very sorry about last week. James. Oh, it's all good. I was also like, Probably 70% of it was played up for humor, and then the 30% was like, dude, like, just kind of just telling you, you spoiled something. This is a spoiler, not just to me, to the listeners as well. This is categorically a spoiler, sir. I think our listeners love it, because last week, 
we released that episode. And I mean, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from the white Batmobile. I mean, he, he's a draw himself and people like to people liked that interview with him. That was like our most successful episode so far. And I think it was because it had the word spoiler in big letters in the title. Mm-hmm. I believe that's what probably drew everybody in, even though it's supposed to be a spoiler free podcast. Yeah. What can you do? <laughs> well, guys, I'm going to start wrapping up now, if that's okay with y'all. Um, yeah, someone's grilling they- outside, and I am very hungry. Oh, boy. <laughs> Nate, thank you very much for coming with us. You are the Void Master, and people can find Void Master pretty much everywhere. Um, your music is released everywhere. Um, do you have anything in particular you'd like to plug or share? Uh, well, first I want to say thank you for having me on here, guys. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm, a lot of fun mm-hmm. talking to you guys. Um, just keep an eye out on the Instagram. Uh, we do have a couple songs we've been working on, but it'll be a little bit before we get those out to you guys. But keep an eye on the Instagram for some show announcements, probably in the next month or so. And uh, I think that's about it. Right on. How about Mr. Marshland Monster? What do you got to plug this week for us? Hey guys, listen to Indica Inch with Dragon Boy Suede and myself wherever music is found. Also listen to all my other music. But if you want to download the music, where do you go for that? MLMPod.com. And while you're there, you can find out information about my other podcasts, such as Mostly Speaking Sentai, Hit It and Credit, and Shuffling the Deck. Also, July 8th, if you are in the Chicago area or if you're going to Fan Expo Chicago at 1 p.m. on the creator stage, Nicole and I alive, mostly speaking Sentai, baby. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Our first, uh, and because of the pandemic, we haven't done another one since. Our first live one, re listening to it, batshit energy. We are maniacs. <laughs> We're. It's, you get to do crowd work. I get to know I'm funny because the crowd is reacting to what I am saying. It's very good. Uh, listen to the first one where we created, we took comic book characters and created a Sentai team. Now we are going to be taking comic book characters and creating a villain Sentai team. So it's going to be very fun. And go over to patreon.com forward slash MLM pod, where for $5 a month, you get exclusive freaky deaky stuff and $10 patrons. I'm guessing that's what Steven is motioning for. Get shout outs on every single free feed MLM podcast. And guess what, guys? This show, you get shout outs now as well. So let's begin yeah. with those, starting with Steve F. He's of the Green Aja. Eric Berry of Ranger Command Power Hour. He's Power Hour. He's definitely the Green Aja as well. Alex Z, the Waz. I looked up Waz. A Waz means to slap. He's obviously also Green Aja. Also, she is Green Aja. <laughs> Okay, oh, they. <laughs> Orion, a.k.a. Defo, he's a rapper. Check his raps out. He's of the gray Aja. Kayla, a.k.a. Two Grapes. Oh, she's in the brown Aja with me. <laughs> Jordan B., the chaos witch. Ooh, red Aja. Ooh. My brother-in-law, a.k.a. Nicole's brother, Joshua. Uh, I don't know Joshua at all, so I can't say what Aja he's going to be in. <laughs> all right, well, Steve Barnes. <laughs> I'm of the yellow, Aja. Hello. Oh, my God. The woman which I came out of. My mother. 
She's also in the yellow Aja with myself. Just screaming her Instagram handle, I guess. <laughs> and I believe... Wait, no, I shouldn't say that. that I was going to say something that is like, well, I'd, that could be doxing her. I'm not sure. And then finally, oh, baby, it's little Corey's roommate, Shane. Yay. I don't know Shane either, so I have no idea what Aja they would be in, but... We can figure that out later. And I want to give a gigantic shout out. They're a new patron at the $7 mark, but they donated a, 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 a nice chunk, like especially for right now, uh, Courtney H., friends with Joe from Hit It and Crit It. Fantastic. Also, speaking of donations, if you want on uh, want us to do that, Wheel of Time video game, eight ninety nine, I believe, is the price of that. Get it so we can start streaming it. Go to mlmpod.com forward slash donate or just find the donate tab on there. Yeah, baby. I want to stream. I want to stream that game. Let's see. I got a couple plugs, too, before we take off here. Intro Void. We just did a song, Win Lord Win, with Rebecca Crow. Thank you very much. Um, I'd like you to check out my Instagram intro void it's intro dot void you know people like to say stuff like i got a big announcement coming well guess what guys i got a big announcement coming so stay tuned hopefully by the time this drops the announcement will have already dropped as well but keep following void master and intro void and marshland monster on instagram because that's where you can find all of us as well um so guys we podcasted we did it thank you very much again nate thank you thank you nate thank you out there in Philadelphia, I know it's going to be a hot summer. You hate the summertime, but I hope you always find water and shade wherever you go in life. Thank you. Thank you very much. James, I hope you always find lots of water and shade. Last week, you were you were hot as hell. You were sweating. Did you get water and shade? Are you okay? I sure did. I got water as <laughs> well as shade. How about me? Do I get any of that, y'all? Oh, yeah. I, I hope you find water and shade as well. Yay, thank you. (laughs) Bye, guys. Have a good week. You too. See ya.